Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Today we're talking about the book of James again. So we kicked off last week the book of James and he, um, he's a pretty straightforward kind of guy. We love the book of James. It's short, five chapters and Tonight we're continuing on with a theme of James, and I'm talking to you about mercy and judgment. And when I got the, uh, the theme to speak on tonight, I texted Mindy and said, anything else? Because mercy and judgment, you know, um, it's, it can be a pretty divisive topic, and it can be a bit of a dry biscuit sometimes, but... When I prepared for this message, I'm actually glad that I got this topic, and I'm really excited to share with you tonight, because I believe God's going to challenge us in a few aspects, and really just give us a bit of an overview again, and a rundown of what it actually means, His mercy, versus His judgment. And so... I've divided tonight's message in, in two parts. It's, we're first going to look at our relationship with God uh, in terms of mercy and judgment, and then we're going to look at our relationship with others, your fellow human being when it comes to mercy and judgment. And that's when we're going to get the dessert out, which I'm looking forward to. But I thought, you know, if, let, let's kick off with some definitions because we use the words mercy and grace interchangeably sometimes, but they're quite different. So I thought, let's start with some theory and look at some definitions. So the first one I've got on there is mercy. What is mercy? Mercy is compassion or forgiveness shown towards someone whom it is within one's power to punish or harm. And so mercy is not imputing judgment on someone, giving them what they deserve. It's actually withholding from what someone deserves. Us not giving to others what they actually deserve. Grace. What is grace? Grace is a courteous goodwill, showing favor instead. So what I like to use with mercy and grace is if you look at a scale, you know, doing, I don't know, year five or six maths here, when you introduce with minuses, on the scale of minus five, let's say to zero and then up to plus five, mercy covers the minus realm, the stuff we do bad, yeah? Withholding judgment that someone deserves. If you've had a bad run and someone withholds, that's a good thing. That's mercy right there. And then grace is in the plus realm. From zero to plus five, grace actually shows favor. So grace is, or mercy is like withholding, but then grace comes in and takes it one step further and saying, no, no, instead I'm going to give you something positive. And then we get to judgment. Judgment is the ability to judge, make a wise decision, form an opinion objectively, authoritatively, and wisely. In a spiritual sense, it's being able to discern good and evil. And if you want to be a, a good righteous judge you need to be able to judge someone's heart or intentions wow and that's the difficult part when we uh, live as human beings on this earth isn't it 
to be able to actually know what someone is about and what they mean and intend. And so what Rose spoke about earlier, the cross made such a big difference about the word judgment because Jesus satisfied God's judgment on humanity forever until the very last judgment day. And so we're in this period that they call grace because God is not, we've got a scripture later on that says God's not actually judging us. But sin has judgment built within it. And so God says he's not going to be mocked. Whatever you sow, that's what you're going to reap. But Jesus took all the judgment, all God's wrath at the cross and that's why we can have a good relationship with God where he shows us mercy, that we actually don't get what we deserve, and grace actually giving us his favor and empowerment to live good Christian lives. So let's look at this aspect between God and me. Let's read James chapter 2 verse 12. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. What's this law talking about? The law that gives freedom. Well, that's the law of Jesus, which is the law of love. The Bible says all God's law hangs on this one principle of love. And that's the law that gives freedom. And that's what Jesus brings, the law of love, so that we don't have to be judged. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has been not merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And so this is introducing the principle again of reaping and sowing. Sowing and reaping. But mercy triumphs over judgment. And what I want you to leave with here tonight, mercy actually, from a human perspective, is a higher biblical principle than judgment. Wow. That's profound. Because innately, Built within us is a judgment system where we want judgment. We want righteousness. We want things to be just and fair and equitable. That's a word we hear often these days, isn't it? Fairness, equitability, or whatever whatever that word is. You know what I mean. Um, So, the first half of chapter 2, Jesus talks about favoritism. And say, or James, sorry, not Jesus. And he's actually telling them, stop being hypocrites by just looking at the outward. Because that's what we love, isn't it? You know, modern day terms, Hollywood A-list celebrities and the homeless people in Newcastle. So James is saying, hey, it's not about the outward appearance. It's not about being materially wealthy or having status in life. That's what he told them this context was about. And then he tells them, if you break one of God's laws, it's the same as breaking all of it. And so that's why, you know, in, in church life back then, they might have thought, oh, you know, being um, people that show favoritism is, is a lesser sin. But no, it's the same as all the others. And so the essence of salvation is demonstrated where mercy triumphs over judgment. God shows us his favor because his son took it, which means judgment should really be irrelevant. 
But like I said, we wrestle with this every day because we want justice in this world that we live. But we can see so many angles. So we're dealing with God's angle and our, our angle, yeah? Mercy and, and judgment, us and God. And we see so many times the woman at the well, the adulterous woman at the well, the prodigal son, all these examples where we expect God to zap him. Isn't it? Isn't that what we want sometimes? Someone hurts us. No, but God shows mercy. He shows them grace. And so we can look further at Matthew 7, verses 1 to 5. Don't judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye why do you look at this minute little issue in your neighbor's eye when you have a plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out when all at the same time you've got a plank, a beam, yeah? Think beam in our own eyes. And then he says, you hypocrite. Why does he say hypocrite? Because I believe hypocrisy is heart-based. We can only say someone is a hypocrite when we know their heart and intentions, not necessarily just by what they do. And Jesus knew, and he exposed their hearts. And the point Jesus emphasizes here is to judge ourselves first before we go ahead and judge others. And so the foundation I'm laying here, God and us, think about how much you and I have been forgiven of. Imagine all of my gunk in my life, all the issues get exposed. Think about your life, but no, God deals with us in this intimate way, showing mercy to us, and then grace, favor. And so we can just look at Ephesians 2 verse 4 to 5 as well. But God, who is rich in mercy, rich in mercy, Psalm says His mercies are new every morning which means sometimes we think no i've missed it so much there's no way i can obtain god's mercy sometimes we feel we've run out of credits don't we christian credits once we become a christian we sweet but a few years down the track and you've messed messed up quite a bit you think no maybe god's mercy's run out i wonder how he's going to feel towards me but the Bible says His mercy is new every morning. He doesn't run out of mercy. We're living in a period where His mercy is freshly available for you every single morning. And that's why Hebrews 4 verse 15 to 16 says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses. But we have one in every respect that's been tested as we are yet without sin. Therefore... Let us go boldly, boldly before God. So I want to just emphasize with you, Jesus walked this earth. And when he walked this earth, it wasn't just palm trees and music playing when he walked. He walked this earth as a man. He experienced the stuff we deal with. He knows what we go through. But yet, God shows us mercy because he knows. He's been through it and he knows what we go through. And that's why you can be bold with God. 
And when we sin, we run to God. We don't run from him. Because you can obtain mercy from God every single day, even though we don't deserve it. So the next bit I want to spend a bit of time with, between me and others. This is where it gets interesting, isn't it? Mercy and judgment. In the family, in the car on the way to church, Monday morning, school run. You just want to judge sometimes, don't you? Other times you want to show mercy. We love each other. But the background that I've just given you, remember where we come from in our relationship with God. And so who much is forgiven is expected to forgive much also. And so that's the foundation how we can judge or later on that I'll share with you, discern in our lives. Acts 10 says, God says he's not a respecter of persons. That's why he doesn't show favoritism. And so you don't have to feel pressured that someone is going to get a leg up ahead of you with God. And that will take the fear out of it so that you don't have to feel you need to judge someone later on or whilst they're doing something because God knows. And God is interested in his principles, which is love, the love walk. Because Jesus said, a new commandment I give you, which is to love one another. So James 4, verses 11 to 12, let's read that. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers or sisters. The one who speaks against another brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if the law, but if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. And so he says, if we go out and we've just very opinionated and we just make comments and we just say stuff without knowing the truth, without actually knowing the intentions of the heart, he says, you're elevating yourself and now you become the judge rather than a doer of the law. And sometimes we feel justified, we feel righteous, self-righteous to just say something because it feels good or we need to get even or we need to feel, we need to warn people, whatever that urge is. But the Bible says in James that when we do that, we actually make ourselves a judge. And I want you to think about the weight of a judge. It's a, it's a big thing to be a leader in life or a judge and you need to make a call on someone's life. Imagine you're in the court system, and there's a defendant. And you need to decide their fate. And that's why the law says still, beyond a reasonable, of a de a reasonable doubt, innocent until proven guilty. So if our law system says that, imagine how we should operate ourselves on a Christian basis. And Jesus said on the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who are merciful because they will be shown mercy, sowing and reaping again. And we don't have to feel you need to get even sometimes or judge, even when they are wrong. You know, Moses, here's an example for you. Moses married an Ethiopian woman. So Israelite, and he married an Ethiopian. So back then, they already had issues with race. So Miriam and Aaron, his brother and sister, start speaking against that. It's like, Moses, who did you marry your mate? What are you thinking? 
and Moses as the leader of the Israelites, what do you think his reaction was? Fire God. That's what we want sometimes, isn't it? What did he do? The Bible says he pleaded with God for them because they actually got leprosy. But Moses didn't say, that. yeah, you deserve it, man. No. Moses pleaded their case with God. That is showing mercy. So here, let's get to the rubber hitting the road. So how do we disagree with someone? How do we sort out conflict? How do we judge? Because Jesus says, you know, he encourages us in John to judge. So what does it mean? How do we do it? This is just a little principle I've lived in my life. Public praise, private correction. Choose your battles for privacy and the private realm. Praise people. Do the best you can to speak life into people in a public sense. But through credibility and relationship, you can correct in private. And that's something that's really helped me in, in my career, but also in church life, family life, whatever it is. Kat and I never, you know, take, take out something in the public realm. If there's something we need to talk about, we do it privately. And I mentioned it before, do you really want to pick a fight in the public realm? Knowing what God has forgiven you about. And so it, it seldom, and this is just stuff I've seen, and, and I think a lot of you guys have seen it too, it doesn't end well for people that pick fights publicly. It just doesn't work sometimes. Now, there is a place to be bold. There's a place to be credible. There's a place to do things well in the public realm. And it's more about stating your case and leaving the judgment on the other side for God and life to bring. State your case. There is a realm and a place for public boldness to talk about your convictions, to talk about what you believe, and leave the rest to God. And so many people think when Jesus said, don't judge, in Matthew 7 that we read, it's to silence people. And a lot of people say, no, no, who are you to tell me? But he's actually not discouraging us from doing it. He's just making sure we do it well. Jesus wants us to discern. He's encouraging us to discern. Because in that same passage later on, he goes on to say, do not give to the dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. Now, he's not talking about people are pigs and dogs. We are talking about spiritual principles where some people cannot handle the wisdom that you share. And even though you write in the public forum or in a private forum, they can't handle the wisdom and truth that you've got, which means don't say it. And you will know when people's hearts are ready to receive what you've got to say. And they will be able to hear you and reciprocate the conversation. But sometimes, you know, when you talk to people, they just like, don't want to hear it, mate. Don't talk to the hand. And that's what Jesus said. 
don't give what is sacred, spiritual wisdom and things that are sacred to people who cannot handle the truth. And he also said later on, watch out for false prophets because by their fruit you'll recognize them. And it's really easy to see the fruit in people's lives because I believe God says he's not mocked. Whatever we sow, we'll reap. And there is a place for us to discern. And so there is a place for us to make judgment calls on, on doctrines and all these things, the theology. But I'll tell you what, what I've learned in church life, and if you hear my testimony, I've got some pearls in church life where people said one thing or the other, theology, disagreements, etc. But one thing I've noticed that I had to do in my life, in church life, even though I disagreed with some, in humility, just back off. The sacredness of unity in the church is so important because that's where God commands a blessing. And even sometimes when I've been done hard by feeling that I am justified to do something, at some, in some cases I just had to retreat. Rather than creating a public issue, I retreated, and like Moses, I just said, God, I pray for so-and-so. And like I said earlier, mercy is actually a higher biblical standard than judgment because only God is the true righteous judge. And this is some hard truths for us to listen to. And so Jesus gives us permission to tell right from wrong. He doesn't want us to be naive. He wants us to take a stand, but do it with credibility and do it in the right way. There's a saying that I learned many years ago. You can be right and still be wrong if you do it in the wrong way. And it's not about what you say, it's about how you say it. And if we come in love, saying, talking about the truth in love, and maybe I just want to read that scripture now. It's out of place, guys, with the slides, but I just feel to read that now. Ephesians 4, verse 14 to 16. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, in the cunningness, craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking truth in love. Speaking the truth in love. And it's something I've tried in my career. What does speaking in truth means? Simply it means bringing a win-win to the situation. Speaking the truth in love means you want to help someone. You bring maybe correction. But there is a positive to it. There's a way for them. There's a redeeming aspect about what you are talking to people about. Rather than just saying my way or the highway. So gently confront people. Think about how much we've been forgiven when you confront someone and do it in love. God doesn't want us to be silent, but there's a right and a wrong way to do it. And we can judge the fruit. So there's two types of fights we've got in this world. As a Christian, if you're a Christian sitting in here, there's two types of fights, if you want to call it a fight that you can pick. 
If you're a Christian, you can pick a fight with another Christian or the church. What's the end goal? What's the end goal that you want if you pick a fight with someone that's a Christian? Because the big C church will be affected. And what's the motivation for you engaging in that? Is it to bring healing, mercy, or to judgment and division? The second type of fight you can pick as a Christian, you can pick a fight with the world. How's that going to work for you with a world that's already skeptic about Christianity? Are you going to further alienate them? Or are you going to bring an angle that's going to reconcile, that's going to bring them in? Standing strong in your conviction. There's a lot of pressure on that. Standing strong in your conviction, but bringing truth in love and helping to reconcile rather than alienate. And it's going to become trickier for us. And that's why the Bible says, be cunning. Wise as a serpent. Wise to the enemy's plans, but harmless as a dove. Harmless as a dove. Like the Holy Spirit, bringing holy healing and wholeness to people's lives. And so maybe a prime example. Just last night, the voice. Yes or no? Let's not forget the love for one another. Regardless of opinion, as the church, of, as God's church, with opinions, when we don't know the intention of the heart, bring healing and wholeness to your conversations with people. And so I'll finish tonight. It's a hard topic. But like I said, the more I've studied this, God really wants us to bring His love more than judgment into situations in our lives. Let go of your need, selfish need for judgment sometimes, and let Him step in the gap for you because He says, I will. And sometimes when we feel, no, no, God, you, you wait there. I'm going to take this fight myself. How does that work out for us? It's hard sometimes, isn't it? But when we say, God, I'm taking you by your word. You say, you are always with me. You will never leave me. I take you by your promises. And I know you'll sort this out for me. And right now, I'm going to extend mercy. I had a lady at work many years ago. For three years, I worked on the culture in my team. I had the best rating in the company of team culture, and I employed this lady. And within six months, it was chaos. She had a vendetta against men, unfortunately, and she was just slandering me. Three years of hard work with this great team culture, and all of a sudden, in six months, it was gone. And people were starting to question my leadership. But I showed her mercy instead of judgment. I talked to her calmly, patiently. I tried to coach her, develop her. It was hard for me. I came home sometimes and Kat knew the battles I had to fight on unnecessarily because of this lady. But I chose mercy. And you know what? God fought my battles there for me. 
And in the end, I didn't have to force anything. After fears, she resigned. But I had to be patient rather than having my judgment, rather than me forcing the issue. I worked with her, even though I had, I had full authority to go hard. And so no matter what position you're in, no matter who did you wrong, I want you to think about how you can extend mercy because God says He will go before you and He will make sure that He looks after you in the long run. And so maybe you need to think about apologizing to someone. You've held a grudge, a vendetta. You've been bitter. Someone hurt you. And you haven't seen paid back yet, God. When, God, are you going to move for me? But I want to challenge you tonight. Let it go. And let God be the judge. And extend mercy. So can I pray for you guys? Father, it is hard sometimes because we are wronged unjustly. But I pray tonight you will give people the courage like Moses to plead for their case and extend mercy. And you're the one that brings wholeness and healing and step into that gap for us. So Father, we thank you that as people make that decision tonight, you move on their behalf and they will know the weight that's gone off because they've tried to carry it as a judge, but tonight they let it go. That weight of judging, they're letting it go right now and they feel the freedom that we read about, the law of freedom, which is the law of love and mercy. Because we know you look after them. They will lack nothing if they keep their eyes fixed on you. And then there's another group of people here tonight. In John 5.22 it says, For the Father judges no one, but has committed all judgment to the Son. And Acts 17 says, Because he has appointed a day on which he will judge the world in righteousness by the man who he ordained, his son Jesus. God's not judging, but one day he will again. The very last judgment of this world. And you want to make sure you are with team Jesus because that judgment will be passed over for you. If you don't know God, not because of all the bad things you've done, but because you've rejected Jesus, you will stand before God again, and He will judge you. So I'm asking you, don't take that chance to be judged by God again one day. Come unto the covering, under the covering that Jesus provided at the cross. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.